Section 1 of U.S. Energy Sector Vulnerabilities to Climate Change and Extreme Weather by the U.S. Department of Energy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Patrick McAfee, Merritt Island. Introduction Key Messages The nation's ability to produce, deliver, and store energy is affected by climate change. Climate change impacts are expected to vary regionally, but vulnerabilities in one region may have broader implications due to the interconnected nature of energy systems. Vulnerabilities of interdependent sectors, such as oil and gas production and electricity generation sectors, may compound one another and lead to cascading impacts. Optimal public and private responses to climate change will depend on many factors, including the availability of climate-resilient energy technologies and the cost of various adaptation strategies. Our climate is changing. Observed trends include increases in air and water temperatures, changes in precipitation, water availability, and the hydrologic cycle, more intense storm events, droughts, wildfires, and flooding, and rising sea levels. These trends are projected to continue. Energy production and distribution systems are designed to respond to weather variability, such as daily changes in temperature that affect load or rapid changes in renewable resource availability that affect supply. These short-term fluctuations are managed by designing redundancy into energy systems and using tools to predict, evaluate, and optimize response strategies in the near term. However, the tools, data, and technologies for longer-term planning, particularly for planning in the context of climate change, are less robust. Changes in climate have the potential to significantly impact U.S. energy security by forcing the present aging energy system to operate outside of the ranges for which it was designed. Figure 1 illustrates some of the many ways in which the U.S. energy sector has recently been affected by climatic conditions. These types of events may become more frequent and intense in future decades. Figure 1. Selected events over the last decade illustrate the U.S. energy sector's vulnerabilities to climatic conditions. Impacts due to increasing temperatures. August 2012. Dominion Resources Millstone Nuclear Power Station in Connecticut shut down one reactor because the temperature of the intake cooling water withdrawn from the Long Island Sound was too high and exceeded technical specifications of the reactor. Water temperatures were the warmest since operations began in 1970. While no power outages were reported, the two-week shutdown resulted in the loss of 255,000 megawatt hours of power, worth several million dollars. July 2012 Four coal-powered power plants and four nuclear power plants in Illinois requested permission to exceed their permitted water temperature discharge levels because the temperature of their cooling water pond is regulated to prevent adverse ecological impacts. The Illinois Environmental Protection Agency granted special exceptions to the eight power plants, 
allowing them to discharge water that was hotter than allowed by Federal Clean Water Act permits. September 2011. High temperatures and high electricity demand-related loading tripped a transformer and transmission line near Yuma, Arizona, starting a chain of events that led to shutting down the San Onofre nuclear power plant with power lost to the entire San Diego County distribution system, totaling approximately 2.7 million power customers with outages as long as 12 hours. September 2011. Consecutive days of triple-digit heat and record drought in Texas resulted in the Electric Reliability Council of Texas declaring power emergencies due to a large number of unplanned power plant outages and at least one power plant reducing its output. Summer 2010. The Hope Creek Nuclear Generating Station in New Jersey and Exelon's Limerick Generating Station in Pennsylvania had to reduce power because the temperatures of the intake cooling water withdrawn from the Delaware and the Schuylkill rivers, respectively, were too high and did not provide sufficient cooling for full power operations. 2007, 2010, and 2011. The Tennessee Valley Authorities, TVA, Browns Ferry Nuclear Plant in Athens, Alabama, had to reduce power output because the temperature of the Tennessee River, the body of water into which the plant discharges, was too high to discharge heated cooling water from the reactor without risking ecological harm to the river. TVA was forced to curtail the power production of its nuclear reactors, in some cases for nearly two months, while no power outages were reported, the cost of replacement power was estimated at $50 million. October 2007. The California Independent System Operator declared an emergency due to wildfire damage to the Southwest Power Link transmission system, including more than two dozen transmission lines out of service with damage to 35 miles of wire and nearly 80,000 customers in San Diego losing power, some for several weeks. August 2007. Drought, heat waves, and elevated water temperatures forced Duke Energy to curtail operations at two coal-fired power plants. July 2006. One unit at American Electric Power's D.C. Cook nuclear plant was shut down because the high summer temperatures raised the air temperature inside the containment building above 120 degrees Fahrenheit, 48.9 degrees centigrade, and the temperature of the cooling water from Lake Michigan was too high to intake for cooling. The plant could only be returned to full power after five days once the heat wave had passed. August 2006. Two units of Exelon's Quad Cities generating station in Illinois had to reduce electricity production to less than 60% electricity capacity because the temperature of the Mississippi River was too high to discharge heated cooling water from the reactors. 
Impacts Due to Decreasing Water Availability July 2012 In the midst of one of the worst droughts in American history, certain companies that extract natural gas and oil via hydraulic fracturing faced higher water costs or were denied access to water for six weeks or more in several states, including Kansas, Texas, Pennsylvania, and North Dakota. Summer 2012 Drought and low river water depths disrupted the transportation of commodities such as petroleum and coal delivered by barges. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers reported grounding of traffic along the Mississippi River. Summer 2012 Reduced snowpack in the mountains of the Sierra Nevada limited California's hydroelectric power generation capacity by about 8%, or 1,137 megawatts. Fall 2011 Due to extreme drought conditions, the city of Grand Prairie, Texas, became the first municipality to ban the use of city water for hydraulic fracturing. Other local water districts in Texas followed suit by implementing similar restrictions limiting city water use during drought conditions. Summer 2010 Below normal precipitation and stream flows in the Columbia River Basin resulted in insufficient hydropower generation to fulfill load obligations for the Bonneville Power Administration. As a result, BPA experienced a net loss of $233 million, or 10%, from the prior year. 2010. The Arizona Corporation Commission ruled that Wallapai Valley Solar, LLC, would have to use dry cooling or treated wastewater rather than groundwater as a condition of its Certificate of Environmental Compatibility for a proposed 340-megawatt solar power plant in Mojave County, Arizona, due to concerns about the effects of the power plant on water availability from the Wallapai Valley Aquifer. September 2010 Water levels in Nevada's Lake Mead dropped to levels not seen since 1956, prompting the Bureau of Reclamation to reduce Hoover Dam's generating capacity by 23%. As water levels continued to drop, dam operators were concerned that reductions in generating capacity would destabilize energy markets in the Southwest. 2009 Nevada Energy abandoned a proposed plan for a 1,500-megawatt coal-fired power plant, Eli Energy Center, that would have used more than 7.1 million gallons of water per hour, which raised concerns among local residents and environmental groups. 2007. Severe drought in the southeast caused the Chattahoochee River which supports more than 10,000 megawatts of power generation, to drop to one-fifth of its normal flow. Overall, hydroelectric power generation in the southeast declined by 45%. 2006. Power production of the North Platte Project, a series of hydropower plants along the North Platte River, 
was reduced by about half as a result of multi-year drought. Impacts due to increasing storms, flooding, and sea level rise. February 2013. Over 660,000 customers lost power across eight states in the Northeast, affected by a winter storm, bringing snow, heavy winds, and coastal flooding to the region, and resulting in significant damage to the electric transmission system. October 2012. Ports and power plants in the Northeast, as well as oil refineries, fuel pipelines, and petroleum terminals, were either damaged or experienced shutdowns as a result of Hurricane Sandy. More than 8 million customers lost power in 21 affected states. August 2012. Oil production in the U.S. Gulf of Mexico declined and coastal refineries shut down in anticipation of Hurricane Isaac. Although the closures were precautionary, Offshore oil output was reduced by more than 13 million barrels over an 18-day period, and offshore Gulf natural gas output was curtailed by 28 billion cubic feet. June 2012. Almost 3 million people and businesses lost power due to the complexes of thunderstorms coupled with strong winds, also known as a derecho that swept across the Midwest to the Mid-Atlantic coast on June 29, 2012. In addition, damage to water filtration facilities in Maryland caused the imposition of water restrictions. Summer 2011. Severe drought and record wildfires in Arizona and New Mexico burned more than 1 million acres and threatened the U.S. Department of Energy's Los Alamos National Laboratory, as well as two high-voltage lines transmitting electricity from Arizona to approximately 400,000 customers in New Mexico and Texas. July 2011. ExxonMobil's Silver Tip Pipeline, buried beneath the Yellowstone River in Montana, was torn apart by flood-caused debris, spilling oil into the river and disrupting crude oil transport in the region. The property damage cost was $135 million. June 2011. Missouri River floodwaters surrounded Fort Calhoun nuclear power plant in Nebraska. The nuclear reactor had been shut down in April 2011 for scheduled refueling, but the plant remained closed during the summer due to persistent floodwaters. May 2011. Nearly 20% of barge terminals along the Ohio River were closed due to flooding, impacting coal and petroleum transport. Flooding along the Ohio and Mississippi rivers also threatened oil refineries and infrastructure from Tennessee to Louisiana. 2005. Hurricanes Katrina and Rita inflicted significant damage on the Gulf Coast, destroying 115 offshore platforms and damaging 52 others, damaging 535 pipeline segments and causing a near-total shutdown of the Gulf's offshore oil and gas production for several weeks.
nine months after the hurricanes, 22% of oil production and 13% of gas production remained shut in, equaling to the loss of 150 million barrels of oil and 730 billion cubic feet of gas from domestic supplies. September 2004. Hurricane Jean shut down several power plants and damaged power lines, resulting in nearly 2.6 million customers losing electrical service in northeast, central, and southwest Florida. Accompanying hot and humid weather forced voluntary, prearranged load control programs for customers to reduce power consumption during peak usage. Continuing to accurately assess and address both acute and chronic vulnerabilities in the energy sector will help to ensure access to reliable electricity and fuels, a cornerstone of economic growth and energy security. This report reviews available information about climate trends, examines how these changes could affect the U.S. energy sector, identifies current response actions, and considers opportunities for building a more resilient energy sector. The cross-cutting nature of the issues discussed herein may illuminate opportunities for improvement and for collaboration across government agencies, state and local planning authorities, universities, and the private sector, among others. This report is part of a broader Department of Energy, DOE, response supporting the Administration Initiative on Climate Change Adaptation Planning. It provides a summary of relevant information from scientific and peer-reviewed literature, provides illustrative examples from government and private sector sources, and incorporates input from a DOE-supported July 2012 workshop conducted by the Atlantic Council. This report also builds upon DOE efforts in support of the U.S. National Climate Assessment, NCA, conducted under the auspices of the Global Change Research Act of 1990. The NCA provides an analysis of the effects of global change on the natural environment, agriculture, energy production and use, land and water resources, transportation, human health and welfare, human social systems, and biological diversity. Analyzes current trends in global change, both human-induced and natural, and projects major trends for the next 25 to 100 years. The second NCA report was released in 2009. The third NCA report is expected to be issued in 2014, and its energy-related chapters build upon technical input from DOE's Office of Science. Although this report focuses on the U.S. energy sector, it is likely that most countries including those from which the United States imports electricity and fuels, will face similar impacts, which may in turn impact U.S. energy security. 
This reality reinforces the importance of continued research, development, demonstration, and deployment of energy technologies that both mitigate climate change, minimize the magnitude of climate change, and improve adaptation and resilience to climate change. Effective adaptation strategies, including the development and deployment of climate-resilient energy technologies, will facilitate not only a resilient energy system in the United States, but also a more globally resilient energy system to which the United States is inherently linked. Such strategies will also create opportunities in the United States to bring new technologies into the global marketplace. Regional Variation in Impacts Climate change impacts are projected to vary regionally. For example, annual precipitation is generally expected to increase across the northern United States, but decline in the southern states. Fuels production and processing may be most affected in the Gulf of Mexico and along the coasts, due to an increase in the intensity of storm events and relative sea level rise. Vulnerabilities faced by any given stakeholder, whether a utility, oil or gas developer, project financier, insurer, or energy consumer may result from differences in the regional energy supply mix, for example, use of hydropower, solar and wind resources, coal or nuclear, energy demand, for example, heating and cooling, water availability and uses, and climate change impacts. However, regional variation does not imply regional isolation. As energy systems have become increasingly interconnected, impacts that occur on a local or regional level often have broader implications. For example, climate impacts that affect resource availability in one region may put pressure on the electric grid elsewhere to compensate for those changes. Compounding Factors and Interdependencies This report characterizes the impact of climate change and extreme weather on the energy system by examining the following potential climate impacts, increasing temperatures, decreasing water availability, increasing frequency and intensity of storms and flooding, and sea level rise. However, these effects will likely not occur individually, and they may exhibit compounding effects. In addition, Compounding factors and interdependencies within and across the energy sector and other sectors must be better understood to effectively assess the overall impacts on the energy system. For example, higher ambient air temperatures can increase water temperatures, with both contributing to a reduction in electricity supply and increases in electricity demand. In addition, as air temperatures increase, transmission systems carry less current and operate less efficiently. 
such simultaneous effects occurring within an interrelated system can compound vulnerabilities. Due to the complexity of these interactions, this report focuses primarily on how climate change affects individual energy system components. For example, oil and gas exploration, fuel transport, thermoelectric power generation, renewable energy resources, electric grid, and energy demand. However, understanding the compounding conditions and the aggregate vulnerabilities of the energy sector are critical areas for continued research and scientific investigation. The energy impacts of recent hurricanes, including Sandy, Rita, and Katrina, illustrate this interdependency among energy system components. For example, electric power outages affecting gas station pumps in the aftermath of Hurricane Sandy limited gasoline available to customers. Similar impacts occurred in association with electricity supply and the operation of oil and gas refineries and pipeline distribution. Thus, disruptions of services in one energy sector, electricity supply, transmission, and distribution, may result in disruptions in one or more other sectors, petroleum production and distribution, potentially leading to cascading system failures. In addition to interdependencies across energy sector components, the issue of interdependency is also relevant between the energy sector and other sectors. For example, water pumping, transport treatment, and conditioning require energy, while energy production requires water for extraction, cooling, processing, and the future deployment of carbon capture and storage. CCS. National estimates indicate that moving and treating water represents nearly 4% of total electricity consumption in the United States, and when end uses of water are considered, approximately 13% of total primary energy consumption in the United States results from water use. Another example of this interdependency is the increase in the use of water for agriculture, which can simultaneously impact energy demand. For example, increased energy required to extract and transport water for irrigation, and energy production. For example, less cooling water available for thermoelectric generation. Nexus of Energy Water and Land Systems Resource System Interaction Water Needed for Energy Components Involved Energy Resource Extraction Fuel Processing Thermal Power Plant Cooling Carbon Capture and Storage CCS Resource System Interaction Water Needed for Land Components Involved Agriculture, industrial, municipal, commercial and residential uses, natural ecosystems. Resource system interaction, energy needed for water. Components involved. Water extraction, water transport, water treatment. 
resource system interaction, energy needed for land, components involved, resource extraction and conversion, agriculture, transportation, industrial, municipal, commercial, and residential uses. Resource system interaction, land needed for energy, components involved, energy resource extraction, energy infrastructure, including dams, reservoirs, mines, wells, power plants, solar and wind farms, power lines, pipelines, and refineries, bioenergy cropland, CCS. Resource system interaction, land needed for water. Components involved, water capture and watershed, ground cover vegetation. Interdependencies also link the energy sector to other sectors, such as transportation and communications. The transportation sector requires energy for motive power, and the energy sector relies on transportation to provide the necessary coal, oil, and natural gas resources to operate. The communications sector requires electricity to operate, and the energy sector increasingly requires communication systems to monitor and manage the electric grid. Hurricane Sandy a recent example of interdependencies across the energy sector. Hurricane Sandy illustrates the interdependencies of the petroleum sector and the electric sector. The total storm surge in New York Harbor was approximately 9 feet above average high tide, and more than 8 million customers lost power in 21 affected states. Utilities reported damage to over 7,000 transformers and 15,200 poles throughout the affected region. Fuel pumps at gas stations would not operate due to power outages. The Colonial Pipeline, which brings refined products from the Gulf of Mexico, was not fully operational as a consequence of a power outage, even though the infrastructure was not damaged. Two oil refineries with total capacity of more than 300,000 barrels per day were temporarily shut down, and an additional four refineries with a cumulative capacity of 862,000 barrels per day were forced to reduce their output. Ports and several power plants in the Northeast, including all nuclear power units, Petroleum, natural gas, refineries, and pipelines, and petroleum terminals were either damaged or experienced temporary shutdowns due to high winds and flooding. Compounding conditions that create new vulnerabilities may also emerge in coming decades. For example, combinations of persistent drought, extreme heat events, and wildfire may create short-term peaks in demand and diminish system flexibility and supply, which could limit the ability to respond to that demand. Compounding factors may be important for climate preparedness from both a local perspective as well as a regional or national perspective focused on overall system resilience. They will be critical to both assessing the economic rationale for action and designing specific response strategies. Thresholds and Tipping Points 
When assessing, forecasting, and responding to potential impacts of climate change and extreme weather on the energy sector, consideration is needed not only for predictable gradual changes, but also for lower probability, higher warming scenarios with potentially more severe impacts. Lower probability, higher impact scenarios may be characterized by thresholds or points beyond which there are irreversible changes or changes of higher magnitudes than expected based on previous experience. These tipping points are hard to predict and have many uncertainties due to a number of factors, such as insufficient data, models that are not yet able to represent the interactions and interdependencies of multiple stresses, and incomplete understanding of physical climate mechanisms related to tipping points. Response Optimization Optimal public and private responses to climate variability and climate change will depend on many factors, including the attributes of individual technologies, energy supply mix, nature and duration of the impact, the evaluation of risk associated with potential tipping points or low-probability, high-consequence events, availability of climate-resilient energy technologies or political acceptance of policies, including land-use policies, to reduce the impact, and the costs of various adaptation response strategies. Although the energy sector is already responding to climate change in some ways, such as assessing vulnerabilities and adaptation planning efforts and deploying climate-resilient energy technologies, existing barriers may limit widespread action. These include limited understanding of vulnerabilities based on their probability and significance, lack of robust economic assessments of alternative adaptation options, absence of a comprehensive suite of affordable climate-resilient technologies, lack of a policy framework or adequate market signals for investments in resilience, varying purviews, control, and perceptions of risk that limit the influence of key stakeholders. Continued investments are required to promote energy security in the face of a changing climate. Physical investment in new technologies and approaches is necessary, as is enhanced information, stakeholder engagement, and enabling frameworks. The latter include improved data, models, and vulnerability assessments, greater outreach and collaboration to facilitate communication and education, and forward-looking innovation and deployment policies and strategies which may be federal or non-federal. Report Snapshot The first three chapters of this report examine the potential impacts of climate change in the U.S. energy sector, focusing on increasing temperatures, Chapter 1, decreasing water availability, Chapter 2, and increasing storms, flooding, and sea level rise, Chapter 3.
Chapter 4 highlights a subset of current adaptation activities and identifies opportunities that could enhance the preparedness and resilience of the energy system. End of section 1. Recording by Patrick McAfee, Merritt Island.